Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports. It's Tuesday, January 19th, 2016. I uh, got a lot to talk to you about today. Thanks for listening. Again, you can subscribe to us for free on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud. If you write us a review on iTunes, new promotion I'm trying here. Five stars, of course. Don't give me any of this three-star, two-star bullshit, okay? Five-star review. You prove to me that you wrote this five-star review. Screen cap, whatever you got to do. I will send you a free signed hard copy CD of my debut comedy album, Pay Attention, that was number one on the iTunes comedy charts, top 10 of Billboard, but I'm not bragging. I'm not here to do that. I will send it to you for free. That's right. I'm taking out my own money to pay for postage, and I will sign it. And who knows? Maybe it'll be worth something one day. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy this podcast. My guest today is a good friend that I came up with in the Chicago comedy scene. He was a member of the famed Lincoln Lodge, which is uh, the longest-running independent comedy show in the country, I believe. Could be making that shit up completely. Uh, and he was also part of the Chicago Just for Last Festivals. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Cruz. How are you there, Billy? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. I don't think I've ever called you Billy. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. You don't? No. You really don't? <laughs> it's probably a reason why you never used it. I, I probably just sense that you're, you're a Bill. <laughs> I am a Bill. Some people I, are just Bills. Since uh, sixth grade, Bill. Did anyone ever call you Billy? Uh, yeah, once in a while they'd call me Billy, but it just never stuck. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm... I, I'm, I'm I, I like Bill. It's more dignified. Bill is dignified. Because think about it. If it was President Billy Clinton. Yeah. Nobody you know. know. Billy was something for Carter's brother. That, yeah. you know, there you go. Yeah. Billy Bud. That's right. I forgot that Jimmy was Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy. Not Maybe James, he was James Jim, Carter. James Carter. It would have been a better president. All other uh, J presidents, James Buchanan, James, I think, was there only James Buchanan? Uh, yeah, they didn't call him Jimmy. Yeah, that'd be awful. His friends called him Jimbo. Jimbo Buchanan. And he would spit dip into a patoon oh, or a spittoon. Well. That's what I heard about Buchanan. History lesson. There you go. I, I was called Joey briefly. Joey, did you like in it? In my younger days. No. The girls called me it. Like the, They tried to keep that going. And oh, some okay. family members still over now and then will say Joey. But Was that I during think, the Friends era? Was that, were they trying to? Because you, no, you could be a little friends. Joey. You could be um, a little Joey. I don't know. Maybe it was during Friends. Maybe it was around, yeah, because around sixth grade, I remember shooting free throws. <laughs> Park District League basketball. <laughs> Portage Park, City of Chicago. And all the girls were upstairs yelling, Joey. And I'm like, I'm shooting free throws. Shut up. <laughs> I think all your stories about your youth start. So I'm shooting free throws. <laughs> Pretty much. <well>. I was <laughs> always working on my free throws. I had a very Mark Price approach. I, I knew I was going to be a dunker. Nice. I had to shoot a high percentage from the line. Were you another jo- Was there another Joe in the family? No. Okay. I, well, wasn't there? I think, no, I had a great uncle Joe. Okay. And, um, but I didn't know much about him. Okay. My dad actually duped me. This is sports related. I believed this for far too long, far, longer than I believed in Santa Claus, because it just seems so plausible. My dad said that I was named after his crazy Uncle Joe uh, because he was such a diehard Cubs fan, and my dad knew I'd be a diehard Cubs okay. fan. And I go, how come I haven't met your Uncle Joe? Well, when the Cubs blew it in 1969, they like you know blew this huge right. lead to the Mets in August and September, he went into the nut house. And he said, do not release me until the Cubs win the World Series. No. So I was like five, six, (laughs) thinking, oh, my God, they got to win. Like, and I just, you know, it only further uh, enhanced my obsession with the Chicago Cubs. Wow. I really believe that. Knowing Chicago and Chicago in the 60s, uh, I would say that's 50-50. Right. That's true. It's a coin toss of a possibility. I mean, I'm sure there was a backstory like, well, keep him anyway. But he also has the backstory of this was told at some family party. And I remember thinking, there are some stories that I really wish they would tell me more because every now and then I hear one that's great. Like my dad went to Mexico for a week 
uh, when he was in college with a bunch of buddies. They had, like a road trip down there. Of course. And uh, he was supposed to be for a week, stayed for a month. Wow. Just for a month. Just hang out. And they, they, there were no cell phones back then. They yeah. hadn't heard from him. They finally get a postar- postcard from my dad that just said two words, am fine. Yeah. They didn't even write I am fine, just wrote am fine. <laughs> like like some kind of nutbag. And, uh, and then the other story, back to my crazy Uncle Joe, was that he um, he was a roofer and was very successful, actually. He did all the roofing for all the Franklin Lloyd Wright homes in Oak Park. Ooh, damn. Yeah. And uh, one day he showed up to a family party with like an 11-year-old kid. And everyone's like, okay. who the hell's this kid? And like, oh, that's my son. And they're like, what? Whoa. Like, yes, yeah, so we just get reunited with a long-lost son out of nowhere. Shows up to the party and even go, oh, hey, by the way, heads up. Let me let, me let you know. Well, see, that's better. That shit went down. He actually earned the nickname Cra- Uncle Joe, Crazy Joe. Yeah. Because there's like uncles you have. Oh, that's Crazy Joe. Oh, he's crazy. Yeah, because he gets drunk when he plays volleyball. That's not crazy. No, that's and not. That's your uncle. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's showing up with a child out of nowhere yeah. and, and Ru- being a yeah. booze hound and all that kind of stuff. See, I, well, I, the, the only other Bill in my family was my dad. And so there was a big, my family still does not really refer to me as Bill. I'm not going to tell you what they call me, but. Is it something Hispanic uh, or something Mexican, I mean? Sure. Let's, Bill's let's Mexican, go if that you guys way. <laughs> well, no, because look, I had a lot of Mexican friends growing up. My, right. my neighborhood was kind of i'd say 35 to 40 percent hispanic then like 50 percent polish right. and then like cool white people like me cool no, I'm, white people. I'm being a dick what was the percentage uh, on that two percent yeah, yeah. Well, it was pretty small <laughs> no it i remember i found like my second grade class picture and this is a very typical chicago public school photo 1992 um yeah Ugh. was that second grade in 92 Killing i think me. so and uh it was like Eastern European block on right. one side of the picture, and then like the Hispanic, and it wasn't just like Mexican; it was just Honduras. Right. I remember we had uh, this girl Ada; she was hot. She was uh, from El Salvadorian. Right. Um, yeah, there was. It was just we had and a I'm really sure, diverse. You know school. how they always put the tall kids like in the back, two black kids, right? Though. Right. So you got the the tall white boys in the back, then the Latina women second row because they're always taller than the guys, and then yeah. all the short Mexican kids in the front. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> basically how that goes, and. Um, but no, my, my my Mexican friends, whenever I'd go over to their house for whatever, there was always some nickname that we'd find right. out later. Right. Like, did your mom just call you Poo-Poo? What did she tell you? <laughs> uh, Poo-Poo, come here. Like, you know what? Like, you know, it was always shit. Like, as an Irish boy, I just didn't get. Right. So what, you're not going to tell us? Nope. All right. That's fair Not enough. a chance. But no, Bill's a good, strong name. And uh, although we met in Chicago, I, I you are from Denver. Yes. So you're a big Denver sports Born fan. Born and raised. Denver proper. Denver proper. Yeah. yeah. that's It's even more important than Chicago proper. You know how people say, oh, I'm from Woodlawn or I'm from whatever. But they're actually, oh, I'm from Chicago. And then you find out they're not. Yeah. Like, but it's, Chicago's it's, huge. Chicago is massive. Denver's tiny. Denver, people think of Denver as this giant city, but the city and county of Denver is tiny. And it's all the suburbs attached that. that everybody considers Denver Arvada, Inglewood, um, Aurora. Oh, yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, Denver proper. Because everybody's like, oh, where are you from? Denver. Which part? Oh, Bear Valley. And I'm like, all right, you're not, that's not Denver. Okay, so even more so, because you know me as a Chicagoan, I kind of have that right. with a lot of people. I have that. People ask me that. Uh, well, I would Chicago. meet people, I, and they, they would ask me where I'm from, and I'd say, oh, I'm from Chicago. Right. And then instantly, they would say, oh, what suburb? And I go, no, 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 no. Did you not hear me? I said, I'm from Chicago. Right. You could ask me what side of the city. That would be the next logical question. Right. <laughs> and then I would say the northwest side, Irving Park, Milwaukee, Cicero, Six Corners area. Right. The original six. Original six corners. Just like in hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, you're a Denver sports fan, so we're definitely going to talk about your Broncos. Right. I want to I ramp up to that toward the end because I know you're you're on cloud nine right now, but you're also realistic. Yeah, about cloud seven. Cloud That's seven. Cloud okay. Seven. You, you weren't. <laughs> a little realistic. You're such a football fan in the sense that <laughs> yeah, we won, but 
we didn't win by that much, and, <laughs> and, and the, the offensive line wasn't doing. What they were, you know, you're just finding every little detail not right. to be happy. Right. That's great. That, that's that's also the sign of someone whose team is perennially good. Right. That we make the playoffs every yes. year, and we should because we have the most talent, especially in the AFC West. And who could forget in the late '90s when you were paying p- players under the table? Oh yeah, that was really st- that was genius. Yeah. I'm sorry. People don't never. No one ever mentions that. By the way, no. In fact, it's one of those things where it's that sports history is even better than real history. Like people forget founding fathers had slaves, and people forget that this, that oh the fifties and it was so great after the war. No, it was horrible segregation. Oh yeah, yeah. And and racism going on, and the problems of a few decades right. ago we're paying for now. That right. kind of. But thing. But all people remember. Oh, it was Kennedy. It was great. Oh, it was suburbs. It was great. But then you know history erases. A lot of that because what people want to remember is the wins and you know oh pay, playing pay, you know people can you imagine how many if they were to take a poll of those people in the 80s and 90s football players like okay how many steroids were you on oh my god i had you know i couldn't even show my arms in public because i had so many steroids in my body. track marks right yeah. you know no, let alone you're, the regular the illegal drugs they were probably using oh totally that's I mean, lyle alzado in that whole era oh my god that's why when these guys make dumb penalties and stuff look i, I hate it when they do that right but I also know these guys are hopped up on all sorts of right. drugs and painkillers and everything. So they're, they're like, ah, they're freaking out. They're headbutting the lockers. Right. They're going to go out there. A little call goes not their way. I, 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 I'm not saying I'm on their side. I'm not saying it's right, but I get it. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course he, he's going to freak out. Do you understand? You can't be the same person who wants them foaming at the mouth right. and then just be like, this is, this is un- unbelievable. Right. This is out of control. I can't believe that they're, they're going to do stupid penalties like right. that. Well, what do you expect? You have them jacked up for you know 60 minutes of football. In the last two minutes, they might fuck up even more. Right. Tensions and then like, running high. I don't understand how they're not level-headed. I was like, because nobody level-headed plays the game of football. That's yeah. not the most level-headed person on that field is the ref. <laughs> and they still get it wrong. Of course. It's a fast-moving game. Right. But uh, yeah, you make an interesting point about how quickly people forget, especially now with 24-hour news networks right. and sports networks. Right. I think there's as many 24-hour sports channels as there are news. Right. And with social media, Facebook, and the you know, internet, Twitter. The amount of ah. fantasy football and regular football internet stuff is ridiculous. Like, you know, you've got all your f- people. Oh, no. I Not only do I know everything about sports, but I know exactly how someone's going to perform in in a week down to their yardage so I can tell you to put that person in your lineup. A comedian in front of ours, Joe Fernandez, has a great joke about how he knows the health of, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs running back right. better than he knows how his aunt's doing right. in the hospital, exactly. you know? Uh, yeah, we've become obsessed with that. And um, I'm a fantasy football expert. I don't know if you know that about <laughs> me. Although I played in the league oh, no, with you I've, one year. I've, I was pretty terrible. I've heard... The one uh, year I played with you guys. Yeah. Although I got booted out of the league the next year without <laughs> so much as a phone call. <laughs> I remember just being like, hey, what's going on with that draft? Oh, well, we replaced you. Yeah. Why? I, I wasn't in last place. There was 12 teams. I think I finished eighth. And I made a couple awesome picks that would have – it was a keeper league. Yeah. I was set up awesome going into the next year. You know, I picked, You were like the, the third runner-up in Miss America. Like I, You, I, I, you I were know. there only because two other people couldn't fulfill their duties. And then when they came back, I got kicked out. Yeah. All right. So. That's fair enough. All right, bro. Well, I think you should have stayed with me. It's like in the movie, it's like in the movie Castaway. <laughs> Helen Hunt hey, I wanted to protect guy. my spot. She didn't bring Tom <laughs> Hanks back. No, no, like I wanted have. to protect my spot as much as possible. I'm I'm always on the teetering edge of getting kicked okay, out of that. So you, all right, I understand. So, you had to look out for your own. That makes right. sense. Um, but, yeah, it is funny because I looked this up. Going into this year, everyone wanted to bring up the deflate gate right. and all the stuff the Patriots have had with spy game and everything. Almost every dynasty in professional football, or probably in every sport, but I remember looking at 
specifically in football. And by dynasty in football, you only have to winning a couple times right. in a short period. Right. And it's not like the 60s and the 70s when yeah. the Cowboys and the Green Bays. And when it was four teams right. basically winning all the time. Every one of them has had something. But the Patriots are going to be remembered because of the internet. They did it oh, during yeah. the internet age. Like the Denver Broncos, for those of you listening who are not, not aware of this, the Denver Broncos got even busted on it, I'm pretty right. sure. They paid the start, Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis. under the table uh, to keep it off their salary cap right. so they could add more players. That is a huge advantage. Huge. I mean, sports science on ESPN said deflate, yeah, that didn't really, that was not a big advantage one way or another. <laughs> it really wasn't. But tell me this having more money to spend than other right. teams. While keeping it legal, I'm doing quote fingers, guys, uh, <laughs> is is way bigger than that. Right. I mean, you had Jerry Rice talking about, oh, I put all sorts of stuff on my gloves to make you oh, catch yeah. about it. Like, everyone has admitted to cheating, but everyone just wants to throw the Patriots. Is it because they got the pretty boy quarterback? Is it because Belichick just isn't, isn't likable, even though you have to admit he's an amazing coach? I think it's one of those things where you build up a team so much. And number one, they it, when people say they have the worst fans in football, it's not because they love their team so much. It's because... The idea that Massachusetts, New England area, that those people are just dorks and assholes. <laughs> like no one if you go to if you go to a party and someone's like, Oh, I'm from Boston, and as soon as you hear that accent, you're like, Okay, I can't talk to him. Cause there's so many funny comedians out of there though. Right. Don't you like all those guys? Yeah, but they all bring up how big assholes they are. That's they all, true. That's that that's thread what they talk about. through that. Like you look at your big New England comics and and your Boston comics and and Bill Burr famously called Boston a racist San Francisco. Exactly. Which is kind of like, oh, you're an asshole version of right. San Francisco. And it's then. it's kind of the 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 morality play they they adopt. They're like, no, that's our identity. Well, I mean, I've got family in Boston, uh, outside of Boston. They're great. I mean, obviously, there are great right. people there. But I can tell in the, in, in the sense of sports, they've been spoiled this last decade. Oh, absolutely. And I think nationally, any city that gets spoiled for too long, the rest of the country is going to be like, you know what? Enough out of you. Right. You know, we, we've let's, heard let's enough. Take we've you seen down enough. A peg. Yeah, the, the curse of the Bambino was cute for a right. while. Now you've won three World Series in right. the last ten years. Not only that, but you have a you have a such a successful uh, uh, team and and unit and personnel where not much has changed when you have that Belichick era, and then you get one little glimpse of a tear in the armor, like filming other teams illegally or oh a ball might not be that is all you need to be like okay you guys this is just we this is the tip of the iceberg yeah you guys must be doing so many things wrong that this is all we're getting so there just must be so much more underneath yeah there's gotta because be more. there's the, the, it's easier to believe you have to be cheating than you guys are this good i believe that no you're right and i think and Brady, you know, being the the study is with the the supermodel wife, Giselle, and and, and, and then everything. breaking a leg and then coming back—that's even yeah. worse. And the and the whole thing with him was that they thought that in sports, and it makes sense. Anyone's ever held a deflated football knows. I want fill it up, right? What they don't realize is that Brady was taking the heat from something, and if it was done on purpose, which maybe it was, who knows? And um. It's really a dumb thing on the NFL for when the referees know they're the one touching the ball all the time. It was this whole thing. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, why is so much uh, effort being pushed toward what's a catch, what's not a catch, making sure that all these things. It's like, if you're going to be that detail oriented, for God's sakes, check the balls. Yeah, Don't yeah, leave it up to some not, third it, down exactly. the road. Like, are you guys running a, a tip top thing here or not? Like, that balls would seem to be important. Like, if there's a checklist that you go through before a game to make sure everything's fair, 
check the balls. Well, the funny thing is they checked the balls later and they yeah. found out the Colts had balls that were not in regulation exactly. either. And all the quarterbacks, only one admitted to not liking it in that range. And it was Aaron Rodgers. Right. And he said he likes them overinflated, exactly. which isn't it, which I don't know how much of it's an advantage. It's all based on If it's talking. helium, I get it. If not, shut up. But like, sure. But every kid who's who ever owned a football, when it gets a little deflated, you're like, okay, we're just not going to play football. No, of course not. Yeah, let's just play baseball. Or you ever get a Nerf ball that's got a chunk oh, out of it? God. It's like, no, oh, God. You bitch. throw it away. Yeah, you throw it away. Those, yeah. those things got wet. Yeah. Oh, man, you could really beat the crap out or of it. Or if a dog it. gets a hold of it, forget it. It's forget over. It. I'd over. get mad when the paint would peel off, but that's, I'm gay, so I, I, it has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a, a, a Bears one, and right when the paint started to chip off, I'm like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. You want to keep it clean as possible because right. it looks cooler, but you know after even one game where anyone's putting forth any effort at all, it's going to look like crap. Right. And then it starts smelling. Uh, yeah, got to get rid of it. I haven't even held a Nerf ball in a decade or two. Have they increased the while. technology for Nerf? I would assume they wouldn't because I think that was the strongest part of Nerf's uh, business plan is like our products don't last long. You have to go buy more. Sure. <laughs> you know, because I know those kids who get like I wish I had those super guns they have now, those Nerf guns that are just oh, yeah. a, they'll shoot 20 rounds and they'll have darts and, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah, and the like, AR-15 and Nerf yeah, guns. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way that those little Nerf bullets last very long because A, you lose them or B, they just disintegrate. Some kid's going to lose an eye. We need some Nerf gun control. <laughs> Hey, you know, Nerf doesn't kill people. Yeah, Nerf people does. kill well, people. Nerf, I always used to try. <laughs> Even when I was a kid, I was like, this ball was invented for those those dumb kids who didn't know how to catch with their hands, so they'd bring the ball into right. their body. Right. You know, and so oh, it's yeah. Nerf. It's soft. It's not going to hurt little Timmy when he brings the ball into his stupid face. Yeah. If you've got a you've got a kid who's what eighty five pounds, and you throw a, a real pigskin football right in his chest, he could die. Dude, like, <laughs> dude, Nerf, when I was that know, age, I was throwing smokes on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was knocking teeth out with that Nerf I, ball. I, I believe it. Yeah. But I think with the deflate gate, I think a deflated ball helps a running back. I would assume so. And I think that was maybe. How to hold onto a ball. at the time, but the running right, back had not, a little fumbleitis. I mean, so maybe yeah, that's what it was yeah. for anything. And, and, you know, one of the most important parts of a football play is just getting the ball from your center. And how many games have we seen blown by? Oh yeah, uh, a bad snap snaps. or you yeah, know, laces so in, laces out. If you if you want to break down the science of a deflated ball, I think that's where it's most important. I agree. Well, we might as well just go right into it. I was going to talk about the games first and then get into the hoopla of it, but we could get it out of the way. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I know every sports fan is just going to have to listen to all the boring nonsense of ESPN hyping Brady versus Manning. Oh yeah, Brady versus Manning. Look, I know you're a Bronco fan. Peyton Manning's your quarterback. This is not a debate anymore. Maybe a few years ago it was a debate. It's not a debate. Tom Brady has had the better career. Oh, absolutely. He is the better quarterback. It's not a debate. Peyton Manning's great. He's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time You know when he hangs it up, which will probably be very soon. Right. He's going to look back on a fantastic career. No shame in it. But when you look back at this era, it's Brady 1, Manning 2. That's just the way it goes. Stop talking about ESPN. I hate I know they're doing it for viewership. It's fucking clickbait television. I almost said clickbait, which would be a great porn site, actually, now that I think about I, it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably click on that. Sure. And I just think there, it's, it's, just, it's, it's boring. Is anyone still, like, are people still fighting about this in bars? No, there's no one sitting. I don't think even in Indianapolis, people are sitting there going, no, you can't argue that Brady's better than Manning. Like, I don't even think the people at Indy can do that anymore. No. Uh, and I think the big thing is, I think it really shows the, how the sports news 
media conglomerates, whatever you want to call them, have just become that uncreative. Uh, it's just like everything else in every entertainment industry. Right. With movies, that they always like, oh, well, let's, let's go for the sequel of this movie that did right. kind of okay because it's safer than trying something new. Right. Or, 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 oh, they're doing this type of movie? Now we all have to do a disaster right. movie or a, but a nobody's, sci-fi movie. I don't or, see anybody putting out that that's like, hey, you know, ESPN's running with this story. We're... Also at News Network, let's run with this different style of story. They all kind of want to just be the same They all story. do that. Radio stations, right. too. I mean, everyone just... Remember that... The, was it the Illumineers? Yeah. That band came out. They were kind of always like, hey, in the background. There was right. someone yelling, hey, in the background. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I and they were okay, but out of nowhere, I heard like every other band on the alternative station sounded just like right. them. Exactly. That's how they do it. That's how the whole uh, grunge scene in Seattle right. started. They're like, this band Nirvana is insane. Has anyone else who... Else? And they just started signing any band... Right. Right. That happen to be from Seattle, and and they do that with Motown. They do. They always find. Oh, this is hot. Right. Let's fucking drive it into the ground and pump it out as much and as we can. Exactly. And not different. Just a little different, but not different. Because then we're like, yeah. hey, we're we're doing this a little different. So I don't think anybody sticks their neck out and says, hey, how about instead of the story is Manning versus Brady, how about the story is. How is this Denver football squad still winning games? How did we make it to a number one seed when we could have been uh, out of the playoffs altogether? Had certain things happened during nobody's talking about how you have a completely new coach this year, right? The fact that Kubiak, which is a great story in itself, coming back to the Broncos, which I've been rooting for since Shanahan ruined our team. Uh, many years ago after our Super Bowl wins. But the point is that uh, the idea that Manning is our that Manning has somehow led the Broncos to this fantastic season, number one, is false. It is. Uh, number two, uh, the fact that, to me, Brock Osweiler is still a big question for this postseason. I think he should absolutely get time playing, in, if not the Steeler game, if in the Patriots game, if things go south for Manning. And the story, the backstory is how, not how Denver is dealing with our opponents, not how Denver is dealing with the injuries that we're now encountering. It's how Denver is dealing with Manning. Because it's such, that is our focal point, is how do we deal with him? How do we deal with his lack of performance? How do we deal with his injuries? And how do we deal with him in a sense that we can't, we're basically walking on eggshells. This like, is wow. By the way, incredibly well said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I really feel like if if in a few years you're not happy in L.A., you need to go back to Denver and have your own sports show. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. That was said incredibly well, and that does need to be the narrative of the story. Right. It does not need to be this Brady Manning nonsense. Right. Where we all know the answer already. There is so many things about Denver that have been really impressive this year, and in a way, under the I remember in the last few weeks where I was like. They're going to be the number one seed. Right. How is this? Because How, they, I didn't believe it. Like, when, when, even when it happened, I didn't believe it. When the Jets beat New England, when Denver beat New England, uh, it was just like, how do we how do we keep scraping by? How do we, because we do find ways to win, which I'm totally for, don't get me wrong, but everybody has to realize it's not been Manning, it's not been Brock, it's been our defense. It has been your defense. And our running game. How has is, how, how is Denver in itself not put more faith in our running game? And I think that was most evident in the Steeler game when during the first half of the game, um, Manning audibled out of running plays almost every other play to throw these very difficult throws in the wind and oh, these receivers are dropping balls. Well, yeah, they were thrown not very well. Uh, there was he there was on a, a tight spiral since yeah. he needs the vortex. And like he's he throwing into vortex. double coverage. He's throwing behind players. He's throwing ahead of players. He does need the vortex. Yeah. I want to hear that. 
<laughs> coming in. But uh, you know, if you look at some of those plays, even if those 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 receivers caught that ball, they're not getting any yards after that catch. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're diving for these balls. They're in double coverage. They've already got three guys wrapped around them. Yeah, some of those balls should have been caught. Yeah, they would have been first downs on third down conversions when we need them. But Manning is forcing this ball, and Manning has this idea that he still has to be the hero of the game and come up with that magic pass when really all we needed was a rhythm because in the second half, even when we got the first touchdown, you could see it on Manning's face going, I can't believe I have to hand off this ball for three straight downs, and yet we still scored. Because what he saw was them lining up, packing the box, going, oh, my instinct tells me there's too many guys on the line. i got to throw this ball. And it, and it it takes a big man to say, okay, I just got to hand off this ball. Someone needs to pull him aside and say, hey, look, it's not 2012. Right. You know? And I think it's he's he's starting to do that. I think Elway even. and Kubiak have had to do that too much this season. That's a tough time in in an athlete or any human being's career when they realize I'm not as good as I used to be and I can't do the things I used to. I remember seeing Michael Jordan in an interview talking about when he came back after the first retirement. He said mentally he could see these holes in the defense, but physically he couldn't slash through and hang in air and do all the crazy stuff he could do the first time around in the NBA. So then he developed the fadeaway and had to become more of a jump shot shooter where I think Peyton Manning would almost be better off becoming a game manager and I think that's what they're kind of trying to do with him a little I bit. I think that's what he did not this like, week. Exactly. Uh, they're not saying, hey, Demarius Thomas, go 70 yards and he'll hit right. you. You know. Well, look at the game where he split with Brock. Brock played the first half and a little bit of the second half, but it was obvious he wasn't seeing his second, third options once his first options were gone. And then Manning comes in, and all of a sudden it's, okay, now I can see everything the defense is doing. I can call those audibles. I can be that uh, on-field offensive coordinator and see what happens, and then we ended up winning that game. But, again, it, in his mind, that that's the best thing we can have on the field other than the fact that he can still see himself throwing a 40-yarder. And and I think that realization is starting to come true because exactly. toward the end of that game, then he wasn't taking those deep balls uh, shots down the field. And and I can't even imagine what that must be like for an athlete of his caliber. Yeah. I, I can't even. I, I can't equate you, it to anything in my life. No. And neither could you probably. No. Most people couldn't. Yeah. It's a very weird thing to just be like this thing, my bread and butter, the thing that's made me who I am. Right. I can no longer execute. Right. So I'm just yelling Omaha for no fucking reason. Yeah, and especially if your whole life all you hear is you're the leader, you're the winner, you're the guy who's going to win this game for us, you're the guy who's going to throw this ball very far, you're the guy who can put this away. And now it's like, hey, just don't throw an interception. Wow. I can't even imagine. Mentally, I just can't imagine that either. So what is your biggest fear as a Broncos fan going into this AFC Championship game, which is what, the third year in a row these two teams have met? Uh, Not three in a row. It's been... Or two of the last three? Two of the last three. There we go. Okay, so my mistake. So what would be your biggest fear? What what from the Patriots scares you? Is it covering Gronkowski? Is it uh, their offensive line? Which we know the Patriots have a great offensive line. They have a great offensive line. Uh, My biggest fear is um, about our defense because I've seen it happen where the defense, they, they are built up. We, are, we have the best defense in the NFL. So the assumption is, I don't understand how the offense gains any yards. You're the best defense in the NFL. When the truth of the matter is, the defense really is going to have to sit down and say, we're going to play our best game we've ever played. But understand that you can't get demoralized because there's just going to be those plays where Brady puts it so 
puts that ball so well, there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop that catch. Yeah. And that's just going to happen. I mean, if you looked at, at um, New England's last game, there was catches where cornerbacks were literally draped over the receiver, balls like pulling arms out of the way of the ball, and Edelman still caught that pass. Yeah. And that's going to happen. That's they have to tell your defensive coordinator, your head coach, right. uh, whoever the captain of the defense is, will have to just tell the unit. That's going to happen. Brady's going to get his. Yeah. That's what he does. The, the the key is not to get demoralized, to keep your eye on the ball, because any little misstep, that's what you have to take advantage of. And I think if that's the missing key, regardless of what our offense does, because right now what I saw out of the Patriots is they're just an offensive machine. Yeah. Even with a lack of running game, which they even with injuries, they yeah. still manage to find someone. But now they have Edelman, they have Gronk. Uh, Gronk at 50% is more dangerous than any other player. Yeah, Gronk on that at 50% field. is still the best tight end in the uh, league. And then you have Edelman back and you have Amendola back. Amendola. And so you're, and the big key for, uh, Brady is his time of release is so fast. As soon as that ball's in his hand, it's going to get out of his hand. There's not a lot of time for our defensive line to put a lot of pressure or to collapse the pocket uh, like we did at the end of the Steelers game. But So you just have to prepare for the fact that he's going to make plays, period. But the defense can't get demoralized. They still have to look for any little opportunity to turn that ball over uh, and get those hands up because I think that's going to be the big key of the game. I think my biggest fear is if, if that defense gets demoralized, then we're we're already done. You're toast because we offensively we can't keep up with New England. Period. No, you're not going to go blow for blow with no. that offense. So to sum it up, Bill Cruz believes if you win, it'll be because of your defense. Yeah. If you lose, it'll, it'll be, be because, because of your defense. defense right? And I think uh, the the biggest thing that the offense can contribute is keeping Brady off the field. Let's run a, a nice grind. Let's just grind it. Run that ball, even if we go three and out. Fifty percent run plays, pretty absolutely, much. if not more. Yeah. And and yeah, we're gonna go through some three and outs running on that ball. Clock but management. We have to keep running that ball because I think it's gonna give us the best opportunity to score. Even when uh, the Steelers, uh, you know, jam that that box, Anderson finds a hole. Somebody misses a tackle. And that's what the, that's our biggest opportunity. Yeah, we can throw once in a while. Let's do some slants. Let's do. Yeah, I wouldn't even mind seeing Manning doing some bootlegs. You know what? Yeah. Throw Brock in there for a couple of reverses. I didn't Why see not? one reverse last Why week. Why not throw some different looks right. at this team? I agree I don't with understand. you on that. I mean, we tried one trick play in the Wildcat, and then we just abandoned it because it didn't work. It's never. A t- I don't like these coaches that play conservative in the yeah. playoffs. And I get no Kubiak. I know Kubiak is a coach. I watched him in Houston. I watched him when he was at the Ravens. I get his game plan. So put it into effect. And yeah, Manning the greatest uh, game manager, but don't let him get too loose because he'll just want to force that ball. And we do that against New England, and we're going to get some picks. Yeah. It's that easy. I think you're right about that. But clock management, like you mentioned, or like staying on the field, yeah. keeping your offense on as long as possible is very big because the clock bit, management as a whole is big against New England. You do not want Brady to get the ball no. those last two minutes in a close game. And he can score within a minute easily. We, so yeah. the best defense against Brady is keeping him off the field. Totally. Good call on that one. All right, let's move on. Let's let's go around the field here to talk about sure. uh, some of the other games, and then we can make some predictions at the end. All right. Because that, like that, that being said, I still, I'm still predicting New England. Sorry, but uh, Carolina-Seattle, that game uh, was a tale of two halves, really. It really was. After I mean, we watched about 10 minutes, and I was like, oh, I don't know why I want to watch this anymore. And then I'm glad I, I stuck around for the second half because then we saw some life out of Seattle. Yeah, they came out guns blazing in that second half. Russell Wilson had some of that swagger. And um, 
<laughs> he was he pumped himself up listening to Macklemore uh, and and ha- during the half. So in the locker room, he came out feeling real good. I, wasn't he at the game? I thought he was at the game. Macklemore just I hanging think he out was. in the locker room. He shows been, up to all the Seattle. He's you know, in that commercial. I yeah, keep seeing with yeah, him. just hanging out in the in the just in the in the that freeze that freeze tub. You know, with all the ice cubes <laughs> and a and a big in uh, a big and fur a coat, coat he bought at a thrift yeah, store. Thrift yeah. store. You know, a lot of people don't like Macklemore. Oh, um, I love him. I, I find him entertaining. And whenever I see him in an interview, he's, he's he seems like a nice dude is what right, I'm saying. Right. I don't think he's, like, amazing. But I think he uh, – I like people who look like they're having fun right. doing what they do. And I totally don't believe he believes his own hype. That's what I, I think then. he does. You know, like, he definitely doesn't. Right. He wasn't. Well, we're getting sidetracked here, but it's cool. It's totally cool. No, you're, every, I listen to sports radio all the right. time. They they they'll start talking about the Big Short or whatever movie they saw or whatever problem they have with their <laughs> lives. So you know, it's fine. If you're one of those listeners going, "Hey, you're talking about music now," fuck you. Um, <laughs> no. So he was in an interview and they asked him who was the best rapper of the year. His album won all those awards. He goes, right. "Kendrick Lamar is oh, by far yeah. the best." He blows everyone like, and he was honest. He goes, "I don't have myself in the top ten. Right. You know, he was really cool about it. I just like it because he's adding a sense of humor to a genre that could use a little sense of humor. I agree, and especially as a white rapper, that's still considered oh, okay. What is this a goof? And he's like, "Yeah, I'm totally a goof, but yeah. I'm a good at what but I he do." Knows, he knows the history of rap music. Right. He like is a student of rap. I'm and not hip-hop. a product of some company. Yeah, he's himself. I'm not Vanilla Ice. Right. I'm a dude that really just grew up around this and loved it, and turns out I got some talent with it. And yeah, I'm going to rap about going to thrift stores and about gay rights because why right. not? Okay. Yeah. He's the first rapper to come around to tell people, hey, everyone's cool. Everyone's right. equal. And maybe you don't need to spend that much money on a t-shirt. Right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think I that genre too. could desperately use some of that. But, but I, uh, so I, the one thing I give to Seattle, I mean, because after that Super Bowl against Denver, Seattle, I could, I, the schadenfreude I get from watching Seattle eat a dick is is wonderful to me. So, But I'm kind of glad they kind of got their crap together in the second half. That's the only Super Bowl I've missed and since I remember watching Super Bowls was right. Seattle, Denver, because yeah. that was when I arrived in L.A. Oh, so I've been okay. here almost two years now. We were driving across the country. It took like four or five days, and uh, we were arriving on that Sunday, and I tried to get it so that we could you know, arrive in time, but it was just too much. And I'm like, all right, if we unload everything on this, I think we can go to a bar because we don't have TV or cable right. set up or anything. We can go to a bar and catch the second half. And then I remember my wife wanted to get cleaning supplies, so there was a Target right near where we moved. So we went into that Target, and I went to right where the TVs <laughs> were. And I went and watched, looked at the TV, and I'm like, I'm not missing shit. This is not. <laughs> and I remember texting people, and they're like, this is – because I told people, I'm like, I, mi- I actually missed pretty much all of the Super Bowl. Right. I saw like a handful of plays in a Target. Yeah. And every one of them was like, you didn't miss anything. Right. That was, I missed that was, I missed the whole second half because I <laughs> had gotten pretty blackout drunk by that point. Yeah. You'd uh, be trying upset. not to get in a fight. That's always the worst because the Super Bowl – I mean, in other sports, there's it's a best of. Right. So you have like this hope that I guess it's really just drawn out for a week. And then football, it's just one shot. And if you have that bad first half, you're like, because even in this game, I joked during the second quarter. I think I tweeted saying that if Carolina was smart, they would bench Cam Newton right now. Right. Like, no, we were talking about that during the game too. Me and uh, my buddy Eric. They were up thirty-one nothing yeah. halfway through the second Get him quarter. Out of the game. And I, I remember thinking, also, what kind of mind fuck would that be for the league? Right. Where it's like we just beat someone so bad. We benched our starting quarterback, the MVP, in the second quarter. Come on, Arizona, bring it out with your right. old ass Carson Palmer. You right. think we give a shit, you know? Um, and well, they didn't, obviously. And then Seattle comes back hungry. But even at that point, it was still too much to overcome. Yeah. 
I mean, it just, the story was, oh, can they overcome? But I was just like, no, they can't. No, it's you. But can. to see them fight for it, I, I'd rather see that than them to give up. No, totally. I respect, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, another cheat. Right. Uh, <laughs> the whole league is cheats. Um, he's a great coach. Right. And um, Russell Wilson's a guy that tends to prove people wrong. A lot of right. people, every year, people are still like, he's undersized. He's this. I remember when he came out in that draft, or was he his second year, maybe? But he, you know, the whole Andrew Luck, RG three, oh, right, Kaepernick, right, right. Russell Wilson. A lot of people were predicting Russell Wilson to be the big bust. Yeah, he has he not been. Not, not at all. I mean, Luck was hurt, so I'm not counting him. Luck is still an awesome quarterback. RG three and Kaepernick. Have been I, I blame Shanahan for RG three. He killed that poor guy. He thinks, yeah, he, he. Oh yeah, he ran him to the ground. He ran him like a racehorse. He, he didn't care if he was injured or not. You're playing a game, and I'm like, that's an true. Idiot. He you really destroyed did destroy that talent. He said that he did the same thing with Terrell Davis. I'll never forgive him for that. Uh, well, you're right. I take your word for it. You're right. You, you, you saw it firsthand. Um, all right. And then we got, we'll talk about Pittsburgh. No, we didn't talk about Pittsburgh, Denver, New England, KC. We basically talked about that too. Kansas City, I I liked as a team a lot, but I just did not think they could hang with New England. They're another team that had a lot of, a lot of defense. They had a solid running game. Alex Smith is a good, good quarterback. Um, I think the, the story there is so many people wanted a KC to, upset to beat New England wouldn't that be fun wouldn't that be interesting because Casey was this undefeated team going through the playoffs having lost Jamal Charles having lost their first five games sure and I think people I, I was afraid I always brought this up that and it sounds bad they were hot going in because I'm, I'm in that AFC West and I'm Denver but their schedule was ridiculous when they won those rest of those games I think they only played three teams with a winning record Alex Smith is an okay quarterback. He can definitely hit some targets, uh, but he's nothing what I would call explosive. No, uh, what would under you rank pressure. him? Top, if, uh, top 15, maybe, uh, yeah, of this maybe year? Maybe 13th, <laughs> top of my head. I mean, he puts up numbers. He looks great on paper, but you get him scrambling out of that pocket, he's he's a mess. Totally. But I think the biggest, uh, the biggest downfall and for court, and Kansas City was Andy Reid. I was going to say, I he's the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> the clock management problem this kid oh, has had I, since every even... Every other year. He's just, if you look up sports, uh, you know, goofs past the year, Andy Reid is responsible for a good majority of them when it comes to the clock. I don't think he knows how to do simple arithmetic. I don't, I don't understand how, do you, math. how you don't even just hire one guy to be like, you're my coach of just, clock management. You do Anything you say with the clock, I right, follow. Right. I clearly you call timeouts. You tell the uh, when, to, when to spike and when to kneel. It's just... It's it's ridiculous. Sure. Real quick, let me brag. Uh, last week on the podcast, comedian Chris Cope and I, we made some predictions on that one. I said New England covering and it going under. We were right on, or no, going over. We were right on. I think we were right on everyone except I said that Green Bay would win. Oh, okay. But they didn't win. But they were still still covered the spread. Right. So if you would have just bet them plus the points, you would have won on that one. Right. I think on every single game we hit. O- the over under and the spread. That's great. I know we were, we were on fire. That's pretty good. Pure luck. We didn't do a lot of research. <laughs> I mean, we were off the, we just, here's the thing: if you just go off your gut instinct most of the time, you'll right. be okay and follow trends for the most part. Right. But you got to know when to jump off the trend train because there's they, a trend train. There's a trend train. <laughs> I don't think trains are on trend. They might not be on trends, <laughs> but uh, they trends a break eventually. Okay. Everyone's like, oh well, they've gone under their last six games, right. so they must go into this. No, that's not how it always works. Yeah. You got to know. Yeah, two to... years ago, bet Denver any game overs. Oh, yeah. Now it's Denver any it's game like under 40 points a game. Yeah, yeah. That, definitely on the under uh, side of things now. But uh, that Green Bay, that was probably the most exciting game 
last weekend by far. The Definitely. fact that you get two Hail Marys in two in two in one season, no less, against Detroit and then against the Cards, and then you have every all the accoutrement around the overtime. <laughs> oh, the coin didn't flip. Oh, I got to do it over. And oh, bless stupid. that ref. That was the smartest thing I he could have ever done. Was like, nope, I know it didn't flip. I'm gonna flip it again. Even though we found out later, technically the coin doesn't have to flip. There's no rule about it. No. But that was the smartest thing he could have done. Uh, and then this idea that, oh, Aaron Rodgers still has it. He's still got this comeback king. And then the first play in overtime is just, uh, you know, giant run. But the fact that that was absolutely. Larry Fitzgerald. La- yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. How, many, how many times you would have thought you would have said that name this year? Not many. After how many years I mean, he's, he's been, been in the conversation? Yeah, he's uh, he's great. That was such an exciting game. And with the Hail Mary, I don't understand how these teams don't realize you need someone in front of <laughs> right. the guy. It's always Detroit in Detroit did that where they had – I never forget it when they lost to Detroit because uh, they didn't wrap them. But also Detroit had all their guys in behind. The back. You don't do that. You, don't you, you only do that if you've already assigned someone in front to tip that ball backwards. Well, you also have to understand how strong the guy's arm is. Right. And and he's going to be scrambling. He's going to be on the run and all that kind of stuff. And so there is really, no way to predict where that ball's going to go I, until I, it's been thrown. Yeah, you have no idea where to predict it. But you definitely – they didn't – it was so dumb how yeah. they didn't get someone in front of them. And that's how they've gotten both their Hail Marys. And I'm not a Green Bay fan – but when they actually caught the ball to force right. the overtime for the Hail Mary, I was like, yes, because I love – that's great for football. Right. It's an exciting play. And, yeah, Arizona, you were so stupid. Right. You deserve to play another uh, – you deserve more minutes here. You deserve an overtime. Uh, do you think they should switch the overtime go to college rules? Uh, I don't. I think um, – You like it as is? I, like, I do like it as is. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think you're ever going to find uh, a system that's perfect. Uh, I definitely think it's a huge improvement of the old overtime rules. So just the first field goal right. wins, yeah, that wasn't um, as much fun. I mean, they always say you know defense wins games, and it, that's always true in overtime. But uh, I think the way they do it now, I think is probably. And I, like I said, that's the horrible thing about an overtime is that you're never going to get a perfect system. If it was up to me, I would force them to play the entire overtime. I like that. Why not just play, you know, yeah. eight minutes yeah. or something? I don't understand. Like hockey, that makes sense to me. You play a whole period. Yeah. And granted, yeah, then you have the shootout, the shootout. But if you're tied at the end of overtime, then you do another one. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, you're going to kill these players. Well, it's their fault for not winning. Uh, sorry. This is what you're getting paid yeah, to do. One you time. Win. Yeah. You know, and now that there's more longer distances for the field goals and the extra points and two-point conversions are more encouraged – that should be enough incentive to say, okay, let's play an entire quarter of football. And let's say it's not entire quarter. Yeah, let's say, say eight it's minutes, eight minutes, eight, eight and a half minutes, or cut, you know, cut in half, seven and a half minutes. Yeah, two timeouts, no challenges. Do it that way. I think that'd be yeah. much more fun. And you're right; it doesn't happen that often. So for the off chance, let's play the whole damn thing. Right. I actually like that uh, play the best. Because yeah. um, if not, the other system I came up with is then it becomes a shootout like hockey, where you have your kicker kick attempt a field goal at 40 yards and then go down the line if he makes it and the other team makes it then you do uh, a receiver has to try to kick a field goal from 30 yards (laughs) and if they both make it then a running back has to kick a field goal from 20 yards and so on and so on because i think that's fun seems very backyard football to me. oh yeah but it is seems pretty fun oh that'd be hysterical watching a running back and then and then you're and then you're specifically drafting running backs who can also kick a a ball race yeah yeah I don't know if I'm I'm agreeing with that one. I'm working on it. I want fun. There (laughs) needs to be something fun and silly, and and why not? You know, 
Um, the th- <laughs> I, I wanted to segue into this hockey conversation, which you set up perfectly right. for me now. But I did want to touch on um, another thing with Aaron Rodgers. He is still he is a great quarterback. Absolutely. But it is amazing to me, and maybe this goes back to me kissing Brady's ass, but every quarterback, no matter how great they're, when they lose a top receiver, you see them not be as good. Right. They lost Jordy Nelson, and Aaron Rodgers looked human much of the season, right. where in years past he did not. Right. So that's what makes what Brady does even more incredible, the fact that he – loses receivers, tight ends all the time right. and still seems to manage to win games and right. look good in the process. And it's one so of those things where how you. do you, how do you rank a receiver? How how good they are? Well, you look at a, at a at a Edelman, you look at a at a Amendola. These are people who can shake their corners off their routes. These are guys who can get the the yards after a catch, catch a catch with one hand, know exactly how to position themselves when they catch a ball. But when they lost against Denver, that's all I heard from New England. Oh, well, you won, but it took us having half of our team hurt. And I'm like, well, you still have usable football players on the yeah. team. It's not like their dads came out to replace them. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I don't buy that argument. But I hate it when, when fans argue over regular season games anyway, especially fans of right. teams that are always in the playoffs. Right. Now, if Bears, Packers, well, Packers are always in the playoffs, but if Bears fans <laughs> look, we beat you and are showing off for that reason, it looks petty, but I get it. Yeah. But I, I remember seeing that Denver and New England fans on like Twitter just yeah. like going, oh, well, we're going to get you. It's like, shut up, both of you. It's yeah. a regular season <laughs> game. It didn't mean shit. You're probably going to meet in the playoffs right and then and, and there they are and there yeah totally it's so dumb all right um we'll, we'll go to nfl predictions to close it out but right now i want to talk about this this is a really fun story i'm a huge hockey fan um i know you grew up in denver uh patrick Waugh. are you a hockey fan really you can i am a hockey fan it's my second favorite sport uh but understand that when i grew up in denver during that time period we had no hockey team that's right we uh the pioneer or the uh not the pioneers that's to you um when the avalanche came in what year was that the the team before the avalanche was the rangers i want to say maybe pioneers something like oh we're you know we're panning gold in the, the hill. It wasn't an NHL team though. No, right? it wasn't oh, an NHL okay. team. But uh, they left as I was coming of age to enjoy hockey. So when I was in college uh, is when I first got the the Blackhawk bug uh, because a bunch of my friends were from Chicago area and they would watch the Blackhawks. So I just started watching the Blackhawks and then I fell in love with Eddie Belfour. Oh, my God. The man, he's still one of the best-looking guys in hockey. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so going. I was a huge Blackhawks fan. Of course, during that time, they were awful. But and then the Avalanche came to town, and I was like, well, I'm not jumping on this Avalanche bandwagon. No, and then they win the Stanley Cup the first year, and then they get Patrick Waugh. Then they win it the third year. And then, but then our last years in Chicago, we got Oh, yeah. We got no, I still have my jersey. I, in fact, I was, I was looking at it the other day. I still don't fit in it anymore, but I still have my Blackhawks jersey. <laughs> well, former Blackhawks, this is what this story I wanted to talk about right now. And I'm gonna, we're going to be talking a lot of hockey on this podcast. Both hockey and basketball, I try not to get into until after the All-Star Games. Because there's no point. Well, yeah, because also football is taking up too right. much of the time. You and know. there's over 1,000 games, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but they are. It is. Uh, it is definitely when it, it heats up right around right. after the All Star games for both sports, really. But this is a fun one that's All Star game related. So the All Star game is one of those things that is such a like in football, no one gives a shit. No, they only have it in Hawaii, so the players will actually show up. Right. The league. I don't know why they don't make it a flag football game. They make might it fun. as well do Come something. On. I mean, try whatever. Right. Uh, we don't want anybody no to get one hurt. Yeah. Yeah, the players don't want to get hurt, no. so they mess around. And it's in know. Hawaii. Who's going to go? We're just going to watch it on TV. And Baseball made theirs too serious right. now because World Ugh. Series home fields in at play and everything like that, which really bothers you to think. Like this past year, the Cubs, wouldn't, if they would have beaten the Mets, my beloved Cubs would have gone to the World Series for the first time and wouldn't have got home field right. despite the fact that they were facing a team that they – did we 
beat the Royals two out of three in the regular season? I think we might have. I don't know. Or even if they would have done a record, I think the Cubs may have won one more game than right. them. I'm not sure. But either way, it's it's weird to think, oh, some team's bullpen pitcher who had a, an all-star first half right. gives up a three-run homer in the all-star game, and now the National League's not going to get home field. It just, right. It's a really dumb thing. And then they add on top of it. Not only are we going to have you play all this game, but then we're going to have a bunch of your other players you know, possibly strain every thing in their body trying to hit a home run yeah. during the derby. Oh, yeah. A lot of players have gotten hurt. Pete yeah. Rose took out um, – damn, I'm blanking on this. The one catcher famously – in the All-Star game, and it ruined his career. Right. All right, well, John Scott, former Blackhawk, who's right. just a fourth-line goon, but uh, a nice guy who knows his role, uh, 6'8", right. just punches, blasts people in the head. Old-school uh, hockey. Like He reminds me of like, a, a player from sure. the 70s yeah, who wouldn't school. wear a helmet because, you know, why get in the way of me skating at two miles an hour? Yeah, if you're not into hockey, watch the movie Goon, and this right. is John Scott. Right. Sean William Scott, how about ah. that? Uh, based on the John Scott uh, character. All right, John Scott has been named <laughs> captain of the Pacific Division All-Stars all over again. Here's what happened. The NHL announced Tuesday will acknowledge the fan vote and allow Scott to indeed represent the Arizona Coyotes of the Pacific Division despite his trade to the Montreal Canadiens and assignment to the AHL. So what was happening was they opened up, well, they made it a three-on-three tournament type Which is thing. so stupid. Three-on-three hockey is fun to watch because oh, there's yeah. so much open space, but it is stupid. It it's is just stupid. dumb, you know? Mm. Either... Don't have a game or don't have right. a game. I know you want to honor all stars, and the game makes money, so it's like this festival weekend. Sure, but it's but a, it, to me, it's a, you might as well make say it a convention then, right? Then it was like, oh, we're gonna have an all star hockey game where they play football, because yeah. that's what it is to me. It's like a three on three from the teams, uh, and I was like, so this isn't just do the skills competition, right? Things. That's yeah. fun. Make it like a convention, yeah. do or like put a, that like, cardboard you do at half or during the periods breaks and see if anybody can shoot a puck through that little hole to win a, a car. I had a dream. I won that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just last night I did. And it was crazy about the last shot. Right. Because I had a false start where it started okay. to like, and then they go, no, sorry, there was a noise thing or something. You could do it. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I just thought to myself, I'm like, oh, man, I was so lucky in those last time I'm going to do it. And my brain's like, just hit it hard as hell, man. Just at least if you miss it, you go down looking like a tough guy. Right, you know? right. And I blasted and went in and everyone went nuts. Yeah. And then I think I woke up like five yeah. minutes later and I didn't even get to see I think you were just jealous was. of Josh Wenders from, uh, from uh, Lottie's. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. He got to do it. Son it was amazing. Oh, it looked great. At this bar, we used to go to an open mic at every week. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the fans decide, oh, we could vote for anyone. Well, here was, yeah, the, the NHL was the dumb idiots who said, hey, guess what? In this ridiculous internet age of trolling and, and catfishing and nothing's ever wrong with the internet, we're going to open up the voting. Let's open up the voting to the public. NHL fans, no less, who are known for being internet savvy. Let's open up yeah. the vote. NHL, you were the biggest idiots. I know I hate Goodell a lot, but you guys take the cake on this one. Yeah, they, they, their higher-ups are pretty dumb, too, almost right. as bad as Goodell's. I mean, they have a lockout every other season, right. it feels like. There's just a lot of stupid things at the higher end of hockey. Um, and they hilariously voted for John Scott, who has no business being an all-star. And it started Even as a joke. Knows he knows it was yeah, a joke. Yeah, he acknowledged it, and then he started to be like, all right, let's have but some fun with it. But then it became a feel-good story. It's like almost totally a feel-good story. It's almost like a Disney movie, you know, when Disney tries to produce an adult movie, which is hysterical. It's almost like the Rudy, where everyone's right. giving up their jersey. We want John there. Yeah, it was a joke, but they turned it into like, you know what? No, wait. He's been in the league for so long. He's that guy. Yeah, he doesn't get all the points. Yeah, he doesn't get all the, the stats, but he's 
one of those people who make a hockey game real. He's the guy that you put in because hockey's a physical sport. And then it became, yeah, that feel good movie. I was bummed when I when they were like, no, he can't, yeah. he doesn't qualify now because the Canadian he traded to Canadians from the Coyotes, and they were signing him to the and NHL. And they did it on purpose. And, on purpose. Because the NHL's like, well, we can't we have don't this. Be embarrassed. Oh my God, we have to stop this evil, this ridiculous plot by our fans. This is almost like. In Dead Poet Society. Oh, why would you bring up that movie? Where why? All the older people, like, we don't like you, Robin Williams, and your new way of teaching. And then these old hockey guys are like, you're embarrassing the sport. It's like, no, you're embarrassing the sport. Right. And we're calling you on it. And we're and this is a sport. It's supposed to be fun. So just let, let the man play. Right. But then the let NHL to play. <laughs> but then the NHL to turn around like, oh, wait, he has a family. He has a baby on the way. Let's do whatever it takes. Oh, there, look, there's, the bonus money. There's, there's, uh, there's a clause where it says if we, if we trade him to another team and then that team demotes him to their minor league team, he can't play in the uh, all-star game and to say, Oh, we're going to screw. We're, even though we made the mistake of allowing the fans to actually let this happen, we're going to go ahead and screw his entire family to make it right. Yeah. I'm glad they righted the wrong. And after all, it was announced this morning that John Scott will captain the Pacific division all-stars. Uh, good to see. Uh, I just think with these, all, this is just a, a whole thing on all-star games in general where it's like, just make them fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't I, look, I, I understand that they don't want, everyone knows the NBA all-star game is going to be thrown out the back right. dunking. And the fans have accepted that and we're over it. It's fine. And it traveling for 12 minutes of the yeah, game. We wh get it. Whatever. We've all come to grips with that. Football, no one wants to get hurt. So we totally understand right. the players not wanting to do that. Also, everyone look up this article, Antoine Randall L. Um, you know, former Steeler, right. former Redskin, mm -hmm. said that if he could do it all over again, he wouldn't play football. Ooh. Real interesting article. I'll try oh. to talk about more about that next week, but that's like a whole other podcast to do. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely really interesting. So I understand the football players don't want to get injured. And baseball had this pride of the Midsummer Classic for so long. They used to do two All-Star games, one right. at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So it almost makes you wonder, why not just do it at the end of the season? Right. Or if you still want to do the one, do it. But, like, have them play for something else. Right. Like, make the prize pool bigger. Don't don't put the World Series right. at stake. It's just, it seems like a real dumb move. And, it, and if you're so afraid of, like, football, if you're so afraid of somebody getting hurt, then make it fun. Make it, yeah, whatever happened to pass, throw, kick, whatever. Yeah. Make it flag football. Yeah. Make them play Punt, for, pass, kick you know, that would be great. But uh, as far as the NHL is concerned, NHL, they still haven't learned the lesson that was proven in the 50s, I think it was. And if anybody knows their Simpson history like I do, uh, <laughs> when Bart wins a radio contest and they offer him either, was it $10,000 or an elephant? And, of course, he wants the elephant because the radio station never believes that someone's going to actually take the elephant. This is the NHL's ad elephant and they were smart to, to fix it and they'll be they'll be if they're smart they'll never offer it again um but yeah in the 50s it actually happened there was a game show somebody says oh you want an elephant and then he went to go claim his elephant and they're like no well we'll just give you this money and he's like no i want my elephant yeah and so i think uh, nhl fans an nhl fans uh, you know the, you get your elephant and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time i'm a big elephant fan i've been watching a lot of <laughs> elephant videos on youtube they're very cute they're loving animals hey they're smarter than we are they really have great memory so uh i was gonna add to the simpsons thing and i forgot to <laughs> say damn it doe right, you're well, gonna say doe doe uh yeah um i can't do a good homer i wish i could it's one of my big regrets but uh yeah the nhl uh you you know they got their elephant. You got your yeah, elephant. The fans, you got your NHL elephant. And it's going to be great. I, te I 10 bucks says this is going to be their highest rated uh, all-star game in years. 
I bet, I bet, yeah, because absolutely, we, the, especially all the fans who poured in those votes right. are going to want to see the product of their voting. Right. And the NHL also has the uh, the Olympics. This is what right. I was going to touch on. That's another reason the why Olympics. the Winter Olympics, which other sports aren't in the Olympics, basketball is too, but it's really, yeah, no, you know, it's not the same yeah. quite because there's a rivalry there. You have three to four countries or five countries every year that you don't know who could win. Right. It could be Canada one year, it could be Sweden, it could be Russia, it could be America, it could be, you know. Um, the checks are pretty good. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a few different countries there, and there's some rivalries there, and you'll see the Canadian players versus the American right. players and, and all, all sorts of other stuff. So you don't really need the All-Star game the way other sports originally intended their All-Star right. game. Um, after the NBA All-Star game, uh, we'll be talking definitely more basketball. I'll probably be talking a lot of basketball next week, everybody, because after next week, we'll touch on, we'll recap, of course, the NFC title game and the AFC title game. But that whole week in between the title games in the Super Bowl, where it's just nonstop Super Bowl coverage. I'm actually going to talk a lot of hockey and a lot of basketball. I don't blame you for that. And it's it's spring, one of the it's worst insane. weeks oh, in sports. God, it's brutal. It's absolutely. And I don't understand why college football hasn't figured out that that's when you have your championship game. I just don't understand. Yeah, they the should. The week between the Super Bowl and the and the championship game, that's when you have your championship college ball game. That's not a good. That's not a bad. But then there's such a long layoff. Do you think they should just start their season later? Oh, absolutely. You start, start in October. Season, you start your season later. That's the other thing. College football starts way too early. Like it the does. first week of classes. It's almost like the last week of August stupid. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, start it later. Don't be. It's still a fall sport. We, you know, no one's losing that magic. No. And uh, extend your playoff games the way they already are because the playoff system, even though we thank God they actually have one, it's too short. Way There's, too short. And you don't just have get all the teams. Get rid of like, a couple non-conference right. games. Have like one non-conference right. game. And have 16 teams in in the playoffs. It's that easy. No one's. I don't know. You're right. No, that's that's a whole other podcast. Anyway, but you're right. Uh, Yeah. So that week, I will definitely be heavy on hockey, heavy on basketball, spring training preview as well. Right now, we're going to end this with some AFC NFC predictions. New England versus Denver. I know you're biased, but you know, give it to me straight. New England's favored by three. They're minus three, and the over under is 44. Oh, definitely take the unders. Uh, I well, I don't know. Brady's. It, here's the thing. It's this is how it's going to turn out. Denver's going to either win by two, maybe one, uh, or New England's going to win by twenty. That's well. Here's what I tell people I when think they think of over unders. People hear the number first. Right. What you want to do is you look at the game New England Denver and what your heart predicts the score is going to be. Then add those numbers. Because uh-huh. when I look at this, I think New England versus Denver. I think twenty four sixteen, New England. Okay. And 24-16, that's at 40 points right there. So that right. would be under. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, I got the under. Mm-hmm. And I have New England covering. Okay. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. You think the under as well? I think at, my gut says Come on, it's going to be real close. Just, my gut says under. You got to pick one. My All right, you got the under. And then do you have Denver covering? Uh, yeah. So you got New absolutely. England winning by one, or do you have Denver winning? I have Denver winning by there like two. There you go. I like that. Denver by two because, you know, my heart's into it. You got to root for the home team. It's, it's got, we've got to have at least two defensive scores, I think, is what's going to happen. That's asking a lot. One, it is asking One, I think you're in great shape. If we do it, then we're the Super Bowl team that we think we are. Oh, there you go. Speaking of the teams they think we are, Arizona versus Carolina. Carolina's minus three. The over-under is 47 and a half. I see... I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna. See, I'm seeing the over. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm there's no way. The this is gonna be the shootout to end all shootouts it for will championship be. games. And I think Carolina holds on and wins. Yeah, I think it's just their year. Uh, I, I know they had a weak schedule, and a lot of people were trying to pick for things to say that they're wrong on, or they're they got a weakness here or whatever, or they don't have the experience. Cam Newton is probably my favorite football player right now. It's like what we were talking about earlier. I like athletes who just look like they're having a good time. They're enjoying their job, and nobody has more fun than Cam Newton. And I like Greg Olson. I I just like that whole team. They all seem to get along real well. 
and they're having fun. Yeah. They just they have fun in their own ways. I mean, I know Olsen's not a big dabber. A couple of the other guys are a little quieter on that whole thing. But who gives a shit? It's, it's a sport. <laughs> they're supposed to have fun. It's why I love the Cubs this past year. I like watching people who enjoy what they do. Right. And and I'm rooting for Carolina in this one. Oh, so you're picking Carolina? I thought you were I, going with the Cardinals. No, I got Carolina covering. Oh, okay. and I got the over. So what's the What's got, the spread? Uh, minus three for both games. My, oh, okay. So yeah, I like Carolina covering. I think they're probably going to go over fifty. Uh, so I'll take that over. Yeah, over and covering. You heard it here. Uh, bet at your own discretion. If you lose, that shit's on you. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I was a clean sweep last week, but that's still yeah, on I, you. I, I, I don't want any angry letters. <laughs> and the fact that you would get angry letters is hysterical. Actual like, letters. Like you, you know, that? Yeah. Like oh, look at this station here. Like, Whoa, this says the f word a lot. You and, know, felt tip uh, pen. Yeah. Covers a feather around <laughs> this it. This is calligraphy. Very... This is gorgeous. When you lose a bet, you write a letter. <laughs> No email. No email. You can go old school with it. <laughs> All right, that has been the podcast. Thank you for listening to Comedians Talking Sports. You can follow Bill Cruz on Twitter at Bill Cruz. At Bill Cruz, B I L L C R U Z. C R U Z, a very easy way to spell it. Very easy. Not like Cruise Control, no, not like, like Tommy Boy. Yeah. Which is Chris Farley. I don't know why I did that. I don't know. Again, I'm calling people Billy. I'm calling people Tommy. But don't, yeah, if, don't if confuse me with Ted Cruz. That's all I ask. Oh, that'd be very, that's, that's sacrilegious that's right really there. That's really gross. Mm, disgusting man. Canadian. Ugh. No, I like Canadians. I don't, not that one, though. But listen. <laughs> he's no Eugene follow Levy. Follow us. He's uh, no Eugene Levy. No, he's a good, thick guy. I was watching American Pie 2 the other day. Oh, speaking of which, watch Shit's Creek. It's a brilliant show. If you find it online. With uh, Eugene Levy? Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Chris Elliott. It's I'm, amazing. I'm all about it. You can follow us on Twitter at Comedy Sports Pod. I know it's not convenient talking sports. And again, that <laughs> offer applies. Give us this glowing review, five stars on iTunes, and I will send you a free hard copy signed of my album, Joe Kilgallen. Pay attention. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a good one, everyone.